0: Well hello everyone, my name is Chris Fetters and I have the opportunity to be the North Overland Park campus pastor. I want to welcome those at our Alathe campus, those at the South Overland Park campus as well. Man, North Overland Park campus, just give you a little update, Just a little over a year old and God is doing amazing things. We saw this past weekend 11 people be baptized, it was amazing to hear people's stories and what God is doing in and through people as our vision and grace help everyone become an outward focus of followers of Jesus. And it is cool to see that in action. I was also reminded of that this past week when our staff got together for our Christmas staff meeting and we broke up into 10 groups of four or so people. And each one of us had 800 plus dollars to go bless the city. And this is how we did it. We went and paid for people's gas, helped buy groceries. We went and visited a post office to bless them with cookies or police stations, fire stations. Also took supplies to different schools around the area to help bless them as they have enough school supplies for the rest of the year. It was an incredible time. It was fun to see and hear stories. One lady was just in tears. Said, I don't know how I was going to pay for Christmas presents. This is going to help me have Christmas for my family. Thank you so much for paying for my groceries. Another gentleman who had just lost his wife of 68 years Served in the military. His care to follow Jesus loved him. And we were there to buy his groceries. He said, I was remembered. I remember that God has never forgotten me. Thank you so much. I'm just emotional thinking about how we can be the light to our community. As we share the name of Jesus through our church's generosity and care for our people. And that's what I love about Christmas. I mean, I love Christmas, everything about it. I love Christmas lights. I mean, I love it so much. I remember before we even lived in Kansas City, Lindsay and I were dating, our families came here just to experience the plaza, and I proposed to her under the Christmas lights, there's some snow on the ground, carriages going by, and saying, will you marry me? I love, yes, don't make fun of me, don't judge me here. I love the corny Hallmark movies okay I love them they're all predictable you can guess them from the very first five minutes but they're amazing and I've also watched a couple of the corny Netflix one they've gotten on the bandwagon now I love Christmas and so I, I was reminded of that too look at these photos I mean check these people out I thought I like Christmas okay this house here is insane talk about uh, a light in the community I mean could you imagine being their neighbor and trying to go to bed at night and that light just would illuminate through your drapes and through your blinds. It's nuts. You know, check this next house out. It's pretty interesting as well. I don't really know where to focus here, but I guarantee you they're kind of like my parents, okay? I come by my love for Christmas honestly. My parents are weird and dysfunctional. Now, this is not their house, but did you know that my parents start decorating for Christmas in September? I'd guess this house probably started in June or July. Check this next photo out, okay? How many lights cover this house? I mean, it looks like a real-life gingerbread house. But this next one is my favorite, okay? This is their own frozen castle. We got Olaf here. We got, it looks like a castle, the house itself. If, even if you focus right in here, we see Elsa, okay? A Christmas-light image of Elsa. I mean, people love Christmas. I think people love Christmas because of the hope that comes with it, the light that we see. I think it brings joy to people. And my question is, for us as believers, are we a light to those we come across? Do we illuminate the glory of God like some of these houses illuminate their neighborhoods through Christmas lights? My heart is, as we look at the gospel of John today, that we'll be encouraged to be life and be light to those we come across. Because we see the perfect example of who Jesus is in the Gospel of John and how he is life, how he is the Son of God, how he is God, and how he is light to those he interacts with. Let's pray. God, I just pray as we open up your word, we look at the Gospel of John. That God, you'll convict us, you'll challenge us, we'll learn more about who you are, your character throughout Scripture. And the God will take your word and will apply it to our life as we seek to become outward-focused followers of Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so as you know, or many of you know, that we've been in this series called No Other King. And we're looking at the first four books of the New Testament, which is called the Gospels, which also means the good news of Jesus and his hope and his restoration of mankind through his death and his resurrection. And so we looked a couple weeks ago, Pastor Kent talked about Matthew and how Jesus is king, and we see that in the Gospel of Matthew. And then we looked at the Gospel of Mark and how Jesus is the perfect servant. He did not come to be served, served, excuse me, but to serve those he came across by being born in a manger, living a humble life, a wretched of death. The most wretched of deaths, the cross. He was a servant. And then we looked at how Jesus is the son of man in the gospel of Luke last week. And this week we're going to look at the fourth gospel, which is the gospel of John. John was written by the apostle John, one of Jesus' disciples. So you're saying, who is John? We can look here at who is John. One, he's a Jewish fisherman. Okay, he was kind of that manly man. He was the one that shopped at Cabela's, at Bass Pro Shop. He loved to fish, and this is what he did for a living. We also see that one of the names that was given to him was the Sons of Thunder. Him and James were called that because they were intense. Okay, they encountered this town that was living in sin, and they wanted fire to fall down and be destroyed. But then as he began to grow and experience the loving grace of Jesus, he became the one whom Jesus loved. Not only that, he was one of Jesus' first disciples. John wrote the first, or excuse me, not the first. He wrote five books in the New Testament. See, the Gospel of John. Also, first, second, and third John in Revelation. Now, I know the Apostle Paul gets a lot of street cred, wrote a lot of the New Testament, but man, Paul had some incredible writings that help us believe in who Jesus is. Now, some interesting facts I think it's important to understand about John's Gospel is that one is it's not one of the synoptic Gospels. And you might be asking, what does that even mean? Well, the word synoptic Gospels means like to see together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic Gospels, which they're seen together. They mirror each other, a lot of the same stories, and are very similar in their style. But John is completely different. See, John doesn't even record his birth or his baptism, his transfiguration, or his ascension. Now, and also it's interesting to note that his name is mentioned 20 times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but his name is not even mentioned in his own gospel. As I said earlier, he's referred to the one whom Jesus loved. All right? It's kind of the evangelist. If you're an evangelist, it's your gospel. It's the evangelistic gospel that, you know, when we share Christ with people or we want them to understand what it means to believe in Jesus, we'll give them the gospel of John. And this is why. Because the purpose of John is this. We see this in John 20, 30, and 31. At the end of the book, John says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It is to understand this, that Jesus is God. John wants us to know that Jesus is God. In flesh, he came to be amongst us, to live with us, to walk the streets we walk. He came in human form, and not only that, to believe that Jesus is God. To believe that we find everlasting life through him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That whoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Did you know that the word believe is mentioned over a hundred times in this gospel? Over two times as many as any of the other gospels. And also the statement, I am, he mentioned seven times in this gospel. And this is significant, but when he is saying, I am means that he is God Himself. I mean, Jesus was about to be stoned, and they ask, Who do you claim to be? He says, I am. And John wants us to know the significance of that. And reminded that as we open up our Bibles to John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1, verse 1. And let's read this together. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him and nothing was made that was made. Let's go on to verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Other translations would be the darkness could not overcome it, as we look in the original text. So what does this mean? That in the beginning... He was there. Well, our first point is this, that believe that Jesus is the word. If we go back here to John 1, 1, it says this, In the beginning was the word. And what does this mean? What does this word, word mean? As you see it capitalized in our translation. In your Bible, you're going to see this capitalized. What this is referring to, John, is that in the beginning was the word, also known as Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. It could also be translated, if you will. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He, being Jesus, was in the beginning with God. Go on to verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So we know what John is saying here. He wants you to know this. That Jesus is God. And why is this significant? Why does this matter? Because if you look at all the other religions in the world, let's take Islam for example. They don't believe that Jesus is God. He was a prophet. He had good writings, but he was not God himself. You know, our Jewish friends, I live in a neighborhood, there's several neighbors of ours are Jewish, Great people love having conversations, but they do not recognize that Jesus is God. And so it's important to realize what John is saying here, that Jesus who came, who dwelt among us, is God himself, that Jesus is eternal. Kind of a sub-point, you could write this down, is that Jesus is eternal, meaning he was in the beginning He's now and he is forever. He was with God. See, a lot of people would refer to John as the Genesis of the New Testament. He says, in the beginning, it was God. The word was God. Just as we see in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what John is saying, that Jesus was there in the beginning before the world was even here. And we also see in John 1, 3, when he said, he created that we are made by him and for him. And not only that, that Jesus Christ became flesh. We see that in John 1.14. It says, he became flesh and dwelt among us. So the purpose of this gospel, the purpose of John is to understand that Jesus is God. And I love how Paul says it in Colossians chapter one. It says, he is the image Of the invisible God. The firstborn, remember, over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Now check this out. All things were created through him and for him. Jesus created everything. He created you. He created your kids. He created the heavens. He created the earth for him. And so if you're out there right now and say, you know what, I just don't feel satisfied in life. Man, I'm trying to work really hard. I'm trying to get promoted. I'm trying to invest in this relationship. I have all these kids, but I don't feel satisfied. Well, I want to ask you this question. Do you realize that you were created from him and for him? You're created by Jesus and for Jesus, that our life and everything that we say, everything that we do, is for him and his glory. So if we slow down for a moment, we need to realize that our life is all about him. It's all about him. (coughs) To illuminate his glory. To point people to him. I was reminded of that this week when I went with Pastor Tim and Ryan Blackstock, our Connections Director at North Overland Park, and a dear friend of ours, they're part of the North Overland Park community, also went to South Overland Park campus before we launched it. And he has thyroid cancer. It was gone, God healed him, but it has come back now. And we went and anointed him with oil and prayed for him and cared for them and just to hear their testimony. They said, we were created by him and for him. We were created to no matter how hard life is, even though he is really sick and the pain is unbearable, we want to be a witness to these people. And so the gospel of John is reminding us of that, that we are created for him him so not only is we supposed to believe that jesus is the word we also need to understand to believe that jesus is life you know go back to john chapter one excuse me here i love this text when it says so we just talked about all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. What we're seeing here is to believe that Jesus is life. It says that in, excuse me, yeah, he, yeah, there we go. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. See, John wants us to know that Jesus is life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, no, not your works, not your money, not your status, not your followers, not your promotions. That is not going to earn you eternal life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want life, if you want hope, if you want peace, if you want joy, you have to believe in me. As the Son of God, believe in me if you want life. Not only that, John wants us to understand that Jesus is the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I love also what John twelve forty six excuse me, says is this. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Just think about that for a moment. I mean, think about the imagery as we saw those houses of Christmas lights, these lights right here, okay? When these are off, it's dark, but when these are on, all right, it overcomes the light, Those Christmas, those houses overcome the light. You can't help but recognize that. And what Jesus is saying is that, you know what? I have come to bring you light. So darkness has no place here. Have you experienced this light? I was reminded of that this week. Conversation with a friend of mine. I said, man, how you doing? He goes, you know what? I just feel discouraged. I feel like I'm just walking in this dark valley. I feel that I have no hope. My marriage is in shambles. I don't love what I do. I'm just struggling. I'm tired of feeling this way. And I just asked for discernment. I said, Lord, should I share the gospel, the good news here? And so what I did, I said, hey, you know, that Jesus came into the world as a light, that you don't have to live in that darkness anymore because Jesus says that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to live in such a way where you feel it's darkness everywhere. You have to experience the gift of salvation. Give your life to him and you can experience this light. Man, there's some... Of you at the Latha campus, those worshiping online, those at the South Overland Park campus, at the North Overland Park campus. You might be walking in darkness right now. But I want to encourage you to realize that Jesus brings light. So, what does that mean for us? Why is it significant? Why is it important to understand that Jesus is the Word, that Jesus is God? Why is it important to understand that Jesus is a life and that Jesus is a light? Well, I have a few questions for you. And the first is this. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I mean, the purpose of this gospel is for us to believe. Do you believe in him? Have you given your life to him? Do you realize that we serve a God who we don't have to climb this mountain to him? that he climbed this m- down the mountain to save you. To believe. You know, it's important to know a lot of facts about the Bible. It's important to grow in it and to study it and to you know kind of view it maybe some days in encyclopedia. That's okay, but that's not the purpose of this gospel. That's not the purpose of why Jesus came. The purpose is this, is that Jesus is the Son of God and for you to believe. Not only that, we need to ask ourselves this question, do we bring life to those you come across? I was reminded of that as we examine how Jesus is life, he's the way, the truth, the life. He came to give us life so he can be the light to others. I mean, I'm reminded of his encounter in John 14 with the woman of the well. She'd been married several times, four times, I believe, and this fifth guy she's living with is not even her husband. And Jesus just slows down has this conversation with her, wants to bring hope, restoration, and life to her. Man, Jesus would be just raked over the coals in today's culture of social media for the people he hung out with. I mean, people would be judging him left and right. Man, that guy hung out with that sinner? That dude went to the bar? He hung out with that addict? He hung out with that politician? Seriously? Because this is what Jesus was. He brought life to people. I mean, he brought Lazarus back from the dead. He gave him life. This is what Jesus was in the business of doing. And he calls us as his sons and daughters, as him as image bearers. The word Christians, to belittle Christ. It's to bring life to people. And as I was studying this passage, I was convicted with the question, do I bring life to all those I come across on a consistent basis? It has been an intense year for the Fetters household. Starting a campus has been amazing, but it's hard to see people's marriages that are struggling, to see people who are dealing with sickness and people that are longing for community and feel lost. At the same time, my wife had surgery, and within that same month, we sold our house and moved. It's just been an intense season, and I have been a ball of stress lately. And I went away to Canada to preach a camp for about 600 middle schoolers. It was an incredible opportunity. But I came back home, and I walked in the door, and I was like this ball of stress again. And my wife, in a loving way, and I'm not being facetious, she really is an incredibly wise lady and does it in such a loving way, she said, Chris... You know, you went away, and this house was actually pretty joyful. You come back, and you brought all this stress in, and you kind of sucked the life out of it. And while it was hard to hear, it was so true. Man, when I walk in at the end of the day, when I get back from a trip, I want to bring life to my home. I want to slow down and speak life into my kids, say, I love you, Emerson. And who you are in Christ. I love you, Eliana. I love you, Everett. I love you, Lindsay. You guys are amazing. When I go into the office at North Oval Park, I want to bring life to that room. This is what Jesus was in the business of doing. And we as his sons and daughters, we as his children need to do the same thing. And maybe God wants to work on that in you. I mean, this phrase is, you know, I love to see you come and I hate to see you go. But maybe some of you are like, man, I hate to see them come in the room and I can't wait till they go because you just kind of deflate the room you walk into. Wherever you work, whether you like your job or not, whether you like your boss or not, whether your marriage is all hunky-dory or not, whether your kids obey everything you say or do or not, we need to bring this sense of life and hope to those we encounter. Not only that, we need to ask ourselves this question. As Christ brought Light, do you bring light to those around you? I mean, as we look at these Christmas lights, I mean, lights are beautiful. They shine in the darkness. And we live in a dark world. We live in a world that is struggling right now, that darkness is all around us. And as we see in the book of Matthew chapter 5, it says in the Sermon on the Mount that we, as his children, we as his church, we are supposed to be like a light that is shown on a hill so all can see. Then, as we approach Christmas, as we approach this next season in our lives, are we willing to be this kind of light? A light that penetrates, that illuminates God's glory to all those we come across. People are desperate for it. And my heart is that that we can just pause for a moment as we look at the gospel of John. And one, get on our knees and say, God, thank you for humbling yourself, becoming flesh and for dwelling among us. Thank you for that. Thank you for being such a loving king. There's no other king like you. Not only that, ask God to give us strength to be a light. Because church, we live in a community of people that are desperate for something. For community. For real, genuine community, for hope, for joy, for life. And my prayer as we approach even Christmas Eve, that we'll get out of our comfort zone and we'll be a light and invite people from all campuses so they can experience the life and light that we have experienced. God, I pray. That as we look at your gospel, your good news, that Lord, we will worship you, Jesus who is God, that we'll believe that with all of our heart, and that we'll be thankful that you brought us life, and because of that, we will illuminate your glory by being the light in this dark world. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.